Hello, my name is David Shire, and this is How It's Going So Far, the podcast where apparently I don't really keep to a regular upload schedule, so uh, sorry about that. It's been a couple of weeks since I have created a podcast, and uh, the reason for that is that a couple of things kind of happened all at the same time, uh, which caused the podcast to kind of be put on hiatus for a little bit. Uh, the number one thing is that, uh, first off, like I was going to try to keep to a weekly schedule and I feel like that was a little bit too much for me to do with working a full-time job and maintaining, uh, kind of the level of quality I wanted to keep with the podcast. I feel like there was a lot of pressure for that. And so I kind of got in my head about it. And so, uh, and so, uh, what ended up happening also was that I ended up Recording an episode of this podcast, uh, an episode specifically about Midnight Mass, a TV show on Netflix. I thought I had it all recorded. It was going great. And then the recording deleted. Uh, and so I was going to upload that while I was away on vacation. And then all of a sudden, uh, that was deleted. I didn't have anything. And then I was on vacation. And I really didn't want to work during that time because uh, with my job, it's already very stressful. So I was like, okay, well... I don't feel like working at all during this vacation. I'm not going to work on the podcast. I could have recorded something maybe with one of my lesser microphones uh, with my headsets, but then I was like, uh, that's not going to really work for me because I want to kind of keep the level of audio quality up with the podcast. I don't want there to be like, you're listening to this level of audio quality and then all of a sudden there's this massive dip in the middle there <laughs> and then all of a sudden it goes up without kind of explaining that. And so I could have probably explained it on the podcast itself, but it just wasn't something I'm super, uh, I was super excited to do. Um, as far as the podcast and where it's going, I think I'm going to go back into doing a two week structure. So that way I can kind of get, get a, um, a more consistent space for the podcast and make it, uh, make it a little bit better and fit it better into my timetable. Uh, definitely going to need to start kind of blocking out my time a little bit better uh, as I kind of record this podcast on a whim uh, now. Like right now, like it's Sunday morning and I'm trying to get the podcast out by the end of the day today. And it definitely I need to change that if I'm going to can't keep this going forward. But and well, I would say but and but and, and <laughs> so. Uh, we're also going to be uh, changing the format a bit, which I know is a bit of a shocker, you know, like every other week, it seems like I'm changing the format. But I feel like that my favorite podcasts to do are the ones where it feels a little bit more off the cuff. And I've been listening to a lot of Trash Taste recently. And what I really enjoy about listening to their podcasts is that they kind of just randomly talk about a myriad of subjects. And they don't really spend too much time on any one subject. They kind of just free flow and go into different directions. Now, it's a lot easier to do when there are co-hosts and there are different people uh, to bounce off your ideas for. Uh, my favorite podcast that we've done recently was actually the one uh, that came out most recently with the X-Files and with my mother. And the reason being is that it was very nice to actually have somebody to talk to and have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Uh, my note taking on that episode, just a little behind the scenes, was not very good considering the fact that I watched the episode that day. I was a little bit distracted on my phone uh, and having somebody there to kind of fill in those awkward gaps of silence was really important to me and just felt really good. And so maybe I'll look for a co-host uh, in the future. But for now, uh, it's you're just stuck with me. And that's how, how it's going so far is going so far as far as the podcasting world. 
But I definitely want to do more of just picking out every week, just kind of picking out different things that interest me and then kind of moving on for that instead of doing kind of these more scripted episodes. Because even though while I do feel the scripted episodes like chess, like uh, the chess episode and um, the episode where I went on a hike was interesting, I think that part of the things that made those interesting is uh, actually the parts that weren't scripted. Uh, the hike episode especially, like there's things I just kind of came up with in thinking about it uh, off the cuff that I really enjoyed about that episode. And it's why it's still one of my favorites that we created. Uh, but I also really enjoyed the weird episode where like I recorded at like 2 a.m. And I just had really nothing to say except talking about my running career, which is still going pretty good, by the way. But uh, but uh, yeah, I just want to do a little something more freeform because I feel like that that kind of is more exciting to me. I definitely like this feeling of being creative on the spot. It kind of feels like improv acting in a way, where uh, which I haven't done in so long. Like the last time I improv acted was in high school, and I remember I remember I was pretty good at it. Like at least I felt I was pretty good at it. Uh, like all the kids really wanted me to to do it, and I say kids now, but like I was that age, so I don't know how that works. But anyway. Like the kids, the kids were just like everybody in my class was like really excited to work with me whenever we did like an improv thing. And I remember there's a week uh, like, you know how like the school year ends. Right. And when you're in public high school, I don't know, like I don't want I don't want to isolate those homeschoolers out there who might be listening. But when you're in public high school, usually there's a week at the end of the semester, like the second semester where there's basically nothing to do. Like you've already turned in your big projects and Everything, everything is pretty much done for all your classes. So what you do is you go into class and if it's like a history class, you watch Saving Private Ryan or something really sad and horrible like, um, like Schindler's List. Not saying Schindler's List is a horrible movie, but saying that it is like a really depressing story that you really only want to watch once and a story that I still haven't seen. Uh, but. We'll get to that one of these days. I'll give a full review of Schindler's List for you on the podcast. Maybe I'll, maybe that will be the episode I return to a scripted format and I'll just script out my entire emotional arc as I go through Schindler's List. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on. But yeah, so there's like this week after in this, um, where there's like nothing to do. And so in our drama class, uh, since we didn't feel like watching like any videos of like old Shakespeare plays, uh, we just kind of went through this kind of improv acting course. And I remember, I remember fondly just like doing all these different things and doing the and then uh, broomstick rules and stuff like that. And it just was a very, it was a very fun zone to be in. And I think it kind of, it, it was fun. It was like my favorite class to go to at that time because like, you know, you get bored eventually of like watching movies like all the time. And it really felt like I was getting my creative juices flowing, which is what I kind of want to bring to this podcast and what I feel like I'm currently bringing in this episode, not to be too meta here. I feel like I'm like the Matrix Resurrections where uh, I'm just like uh, spouting off like, yeah, this is something that's really good for the podcast. And then flashback to like uh, the first episode of the podcast, like remember that time I talked about hiking, like in the Matrix Resurrections when uh, they just flash back to the first Matrix movie. The only good one. Uh, let's be clear. <laughs> People, there's been like this weird online petition or like not petition, online movement recently I've noticed with the Matrix where and like other movies, right, where like people are trying to convince us 
uh, or convince me that like certain movies that I thought were really bad are actually really good and I should give them a second chance. And then I watched these movies and I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. These are just bad movies and I am not, <laughs> you're not going to trick me, internet, into re- re-liking them. And so uh, those movies, of course, would be uh, the the Matrix movies uh, two and three, which are probably, which I still have to rewatch to give a fair assessment to. But the movies I feel like are most, uh, given this rebranding, is the prequel movies of the Star Wars. And the Star Wars movies, those prequels are just bad. There, There's nothing, there's like parts, of, okay, there is like a couple of scenes in those movies that are good. I think the Darth Maul fight really does stand out and is really cool. Uh, and Parts of the Anakin and Obi-Wan fight. But I feel like my problem with both those scenes is that while you're watching the Darth Maul fight, and it's very serious, you hear the epic score, uh, you see you see Qui-Gon die, but it's like intercut with like a bunch of stupid nonsense of like Anakin like accidentally destroying like this whole rebel like robot base or whatever, and he says, like, this is pod racing, and then it's just like it's just nonsense. And it's like intercut with nonsense, and it makes the fight not as impactful and also i just feel like it goes on a little bit too long just like a tiny bit and i can't really quite explain why uh the other fight that really stands out is the anakin ov1 fight and that's a fight that definitely goes on for too long there's like there's so many scenes where like uh, it just felt like george lucas didn't really know how to like pace out that fight and it just kept on going like there's a certain scene where they're fighting and they're fighting on the bridge and lava's flowing out and they both like they both put their hands together or whatever and like you can see like this struggle and it kind of looks like uh it kind of looks like uh now i can't remember the name of the movie the lion king you know the most impactful movie from my childhood it looks like the lion king where they're like they look like two lions like battering against each other and there's, there's lava flowing up from the background and you're like oh my gosh i can't get any better than this and then like it doesn't like it like the, the movie just kind of continuously it just keeps on going and going and going there's like a there's a scene where they're like fighting on like the hangar or whatever and the uh the the force field unlocks and lava starts flowing onto the thing. They fall into the lava. They're hopping on robots. And it's just like, it goes on for so long until you get the famous, uh, I've got the high ground scene. And that's, 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 I think is the brilliance of the internet, right? Is that the internet has taken, taken all these prequel memes and they kind of make you retroactively kind of enjoy the prequels a little bit more. Like there's, there, I definitely sensed that the last time I watched uh, Attack of the Clones, which is the worst prequel movie, where, like, I, I hated the experience. I hated watching it. I hated the stiff dialogue between, um, well, the very stiff dialogue from Anakin, <laughs> first off, and then uh, the, just the stiff dialogue from uh, Natalie Portman's character. Uh, and I just remember, I remember being so bored and so, and so just out of it. But then all of a sudden, there's that one... There's that one scene and it was coming up and then Anakin describes his love to Padme and he's and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I hate sand like it's coarse and it gets everywhere. And that just made me smile in a, a way I never smiled during a Star Wars movie. And so and so for that reason, I think that there are there are there are some things that I do like about the prequels now retroactively, but it's nothing that the prequels did themselves. It's 
the memes that people latched onto and created for the prequels that I now deeply enjoy. Like, whenever I see, especially the third movie, like, whenever I see General Grievous, I just start laughing and thinking about General Kenobi. General Kenobi! And then he's like, hello there! <laughs> it's just, like, there's something so funny, and I remember there's this one meme that I saw where it was just, like, it was Obi-Wan and, uh, Gen- and General Grievous, and it was just, like, different, like, language speaking, and, like, like my favorite was the French one where he's like, uh, uh, "Signor Kenobi" or whatever, and he's like, "Bonjour, no." <laughs> and then instead of lightsabers, they photoshopped it with like a bunch of baguettes <laughs> that uh, General Grievous was holding. And again, the internet's such a weird and strange place, and I love it sometimes. I hate it other times. Like I deeply, like I find it deeply disturbing at other points. But uh, that was definitely something that stood out to me. Uh, as I was kind of rewatching, uh, uh, as I was kind of rewatching the prequels and thinking about the impact of the internet on on those things, uh, let's see. Let's continue on. Like talking about like the internet and uh, is always kind of dangerous. I feel uh, in some ways it feels like I don't know like, why. Like when I talk about the internet, I almost feel like I'm talking about like taboo because it is like there are some great things about the internet, but then there are some like horrifying things about the internet. Like I was listening to. When listening to Trash Taste, I was like, they started talking about Chris Chan, uh, and I just, uh, it just disturbed me to my core. I'm not really going to touch on it. Like, I'm not even sure why I brought it up, but uh, I think that part of it is that whenever I do a podcast or whenever I put out something, I always think to myself, like, okay, like, I'm putting something out into this void, and I'm hoping that people like it, but I know that there's going to be a lot of people that hate it, and so that, and that kind of hatred is something that scares me. It, it feels kind of like, um, it feels to me like the fear I sometimes feel whenever I read like an H- HP Lovecraft uh, book where it's like this fear of the unknown, right? Like I'm putting content out there and I know it's going into like this weird deep ocean and there's going to be like a monster out there that is going to get me, which is like hateful comments or maybe if I'm really unlucky, like death threats and stuff like that because the internet can just be so horrible with people. And that's something that always kind of makes me a little bit more cautious whenever I make these podcasts. But at the same time, like I want to create and it becomes this weird issue where it's like, okay, I want to put something out there. I want to do something like this because this is ultimately what makes me happy. But I'm just so afraid of what like the backlash may be. And so, and so it kind of goes into this whole like weird mental health debate that I have in my head that I've been having in my head for the last couple of years. And so, um, and so jumping off of that, I guess the, the other thing I want to talk about, or maybe two things, uh, is uh, Psychonauts 2. I've been writing a Psychonauts 2 script for a while. And for those who don't know what Psychonauts is, is it's basically this game where you play as this kid named Rasputin. And he runs away from his home in the family circus, uh, which is kind of funny when you think about it, because when you think about running away, uh, most people run away to the circus. But uh, Tim Schafer is having his character run away from it, which I think is pretty funny. Uh, just like this little thing that I noticed that nobody really talks about. But uh, it has it has like this really fun little charm about it. Basically, what it, he wants away to become a psychonaut. And what a psychonaut is, is, a, is it's a pump, someone with like powerful psycho... Uh, kinetic uh, power. So he has uh, telekinesis, uh, somebody that can like light things on fire with their mind. Uh, he could shoot energy. Uh, he learns how to shoot energy b- blasts. Raz does anyway. And so 
And then they, they end up becoming kind of these global agents that stop like these giant phenomenons from going on. And so the first game is pretty good, I would say, that uh, it's kind of this cult classic game. There's a lot I really love about it. And there's still things I think that the first game does a lot better uh, with the design of certain levels. Uh, but I think the second game is where the game series really focuses up on its story and it's just really streamlined. And what Psychonauts, like the series as a whole, is known for is it's known for its uh, levels because each level uh, outside of like the open hub areas is specifically designed to be a part of the person's mind. And so you'll have different elements of the level that, you know, you typically see like, you know, like in Mario, you might see something like like moving platforms and now you have to kind of deal with this new obstacle. Whereas you'll see that in Psychonauts as well. You'll see like, okay, like for example, uh, in a level I really want to talk about, Bob's Bottles, you'll see uh, there's this one section where you're going through and Bob's like kind of like burping and like it creates like these little like air puddle, uh, air puddle, uh, puddles that you can like walk through. And uh, you'll see that and you'll think, oh, that's a gameplay element. But it also kind of deeply relates to uh, the psychosis of whichever character. I guess a better example would be in the first game, uh, Gloria's Theater is a level where you go into the mind of Gloria, who's like this ex-actor or actress, I should say. Uh, and she deals with bipolarism and she deals with like these significant mood swings. And so in the level, in order to complete it, you kind of have to manage both of her moods. And to do so, there's like this light where that shows like a happy face and a sad face. And if you hit that light and you light the candle, then it will switch her mood and on this stage play. And if you're on the happy face, you know, it's all rainbows and unicorns and everybody's happy. They're performing a little song. And that's kind of deeply annoying, <laughs> especially if you get stuck on the level. But it's like fun. And then if you hit the uh, the sad face, all of a sudden it turns into this like dark, oblique world. And all of a sudden, like all you have all these different enemies that attack you. And so that's what I find it's stuff like that where it takes that kind of 3D platforming level and adds like this mental element to it that makes it so interesting. And what I love so much about Psychonauts 2 especially is that it does with it deals with a lot of themes of PTSD because the second Psychonauts game really focuses on the formation of the Psychonauts and how it kind of relates to Raz and his family. And each one, like, it all deals with this main character, Maligula, who's like the main villain of this story, I guess, uh, not to spoil anything in the future, but uh, she's, she's kind of the main villain. And in the past, the Psychic Six had fought against her. And you kind of, as you kind of slowly unraveling this mystery of who Maligula is and what, what this battle did to uh, Ford Cutler, who's like the leader of the Psychonauts, whose mind ended up breaking after this fight. Uh, you you really start to see that the whole theme of the game is really about PTSD and trauma and how each of these different characters have dealt with it in negative ways and how Raz, Raz's job as a psychonaut is not only to, you know, discover this mystery, but in a way, be deeply sympathetic to these people and help them out. And so, and no better example is it uh, in Bob's Bottles, where... I would say it's the only mind that Raz goes into where you're not quite sure if he's like okay to go into. Like each each level, like before he go, Raz goes into the mind of a person. He always asks first, which I think is 
a much better representation of that than the first game. Because in the first game, he just kind of goes wherever he wants without really realizing what he's doing. But in this game, uh, he learns pretty early on that he can't just mess around with people's minds. So he starts asking to go into people's minds. And Bob kind of subconsciously gives him permission. And what you find in Bob's in Bob's mind is you see a man who's like a gardener. And he's like, and you see that he's kind of dealing with his trauma. He's like completely isolated on his own island. And he's completely surrounded in just like this sea. And what's so interesting about the level is that you end up figuring out a way off the island. You actually go on this like little door thing that you use to get into other people's minds. It's kind of hard to explain. I'll, I'll just keep going on. But you end up uh, you end up needing to give Bob, uh, you need to end up giving Bob these seeds. And you're not quite sure what the seeds represent at first. But then you go you go around, you explore these different islands. And then all of a sudden you come on to your first bottle. You open the bottle and you see uh, like this little butterfly thing that, that tells, that has like the seed that you need. But it's running away and it's saying that like, look, these seeds are dangerous. You can't mess with these. And it's it's running away. And so you have to chase, you have to chase this butterfly down the bottle. And you realize uh, it's at this point that you kind of start realizing that the whole level is actually about alcohol addiction and about the effects of alcohol addiction and how uh, Bob kind of used this addiction as a coping mechanism for uh, his uh, for three traumatic events in his life. Uh, the first being his mother's death. It has to do with the death of his of his lover um, in Helmut. Uh, and it also has to do with the fact that his cousin, or not cousin, his nephew ended up firing him from his job that he spent his entire career building up. And I feel that this episode to me left me kind of broken, like emotionally. <laughs> like it was, it was a very dark, it was like a very dark and unexpected twist in the, in the game that I wasn't, I wasn't really fully prepared for. And there's just so many moments like this where you kind of, you delve deeper into these, these minds and these levels and you just learn so much more about the character. Uh, my favorite like gag in, in the, uh, in that level too, is that, uh, he's never like, uh, Bob Zanotto has never met his niece, Lily, who's like your main character, who's like Raz's, uh, love interest. And, you talk to Lily and you expect to hear Lily's voice actress. And instead you hear like a completely different voice. And the reason you hear that is because he's Bob's only seen like a photo of her and he doesn't actually know what her voice sounds like. So it just sounds completely off and different. And it's these kind of darker themes mixed in with like kind of these more funny, like little anecdotes that make, I think psychonauts feel really special to me. And I think has helped me, um, is why it's one of my favorite game series. Like talking about bipolarism, like going back into that. Like my dad is bipolar. Um, I don't know if I've ever brought that up, but growing up with that as a kid, especially when you're like at that age where you're looking for stability, it's really tough to kind of explain what that's like to people. And I think that having Psychonauts kind of delve into that, especially in the first game, was really was really helpful to me at that time when I first played that game. And so. That's why it's my favorite, one of my favorite series. I hope they get they they come out with a third game. I'm not sure what they would do. I thought that the second game's ending was pretty well defined and wrapped up, but it still left a little tiny sliver of room to continue forward. And I'm really excited to see if it ever gets made. Uh, hopefully, there's not like a 15 year gap and Tim Schafer doesn't die um, <laughs> before before the game gets made. But it's definitely something that I've been uh, I'm going to keep an eye out for. Um, I guess in closing. Look, you know, I, I, I feel 
I feel like that this is kind of the uh, direction I want to take the show. It's it's something I'm more interested in doing and kind of creating like bullet points. This this episode was definitely a little bit more off the cup cuff. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start uh, creating my notes as kind of like these bullet points of things I want to talk about during the episode. And uh, I wanted to get to Midnight Mass, but we'll we'll save that for one more episode. Uh, there's definitely other things I want to talk about in the next episode. Uh, I took a trip uh, from Seattle to Maine recently with my best friend. I definitely want to talk about that. I want to talk about some another hike that I went on and kind of how my running training is going, uh, which I hate running, but I, I, I kind of enjoy the training aspect of it. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I'm just going to I'm going to try to live my life and try to live it more fully and try not to be worried about everything that's going on in the world you know like there's a lot going on and like it it seems like every day there's like something new to complain about and it becomes harder and harder just to kind of survive as a human being mental mentally but it's something i'm going to try to do and i'm going to try to do well i won't because like i don't want to i don't want to live this life and i don't want to just just be here you know i want to thrive and so that's kind of the goal of what this podcast is is and I think that if I can continue this up and creating content like this, then I'll then I'll be a little bit happier, and that's all that we can really try to hope for. I guess I don't know. And not to get too preachy at the end here. Um, if you like the podcast and you want to support it, uh, I do have a Patreon. Uh, Patreon, how it's going so far? You can support the podcast that way. Uh, that way, I can kind of transition into being more of a content creator. Uh, that'd be the only reason. Like I hate asking for money, and I hate asking to do. Um, anything like that. But I do, but I do need money to survive. <laughs> you know, like there's like, if I want to eat and provide for a family one day, I'm going to need money. Um, and right now my full-time job, I like it. I, it. It gives me opportunities to be creative, but I don't like it as much as the idea of doing something more like this and being a little bit more, um, being more creative in this way and creating podcasts and YouTube videos maybe in the future. Um, if you want to catch me on some other nights, I do sometimes Twitch stream. I don't do it consistently because uh, I have this phobia whenever I open my laptop that I have to work. And so uh, when I so when I'm done with working for the day, like I usually just close my laptop and I try not to do anything. But I, I feel like uh, I need to do I need to do a little bit more Twitch stream and a little more outreach if I'm ever going to get successful. So I'm going to try to do that. And anyway. Uh, that's pretty much it. And so again, my name has been David Shire and that's how it's been going so far.